Hello and welcome to this next episode of Future Insight. I'm Dean Cantu at Bradley University and uh, very pleased uh, for this episode to have with us uh, Dr. Marcus Bielan, uh, who is the principal at Huntley High School and is also serving as the president of the Illinois Principals Association. Uh, Dr. Bielan, uh, welcome uh, to Future Insight. Hey, thank you. I was glad, I'm, I'm glad to be here for sure. Absolutely. Well, it's our honor to have you here as well. So uh, what we do on Future Insight, again, is I always start off and our guests, I ask them to give us a little bit of insight uh, in terms of your career arc and, uh, and uh, help our uh, listeners uh, better understand uh, your experiences and, uh, and your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I usually take it all the way back to me just growing up. I, I grew up in, in private education. I'm a fifth generation educator. Um, and you know, my mom's side of the family, it's just education has been through and through in my house. Um, uh, growing up on the South side of Chicago in the city of Chicago, uh, and then traveling down to, uh, good old Peoria, Illinois, uh, where my education career started, um, went to Bradley, got my bachelor's and my master's, um, started working at a charter school, uh, in Peoria for a, a couple of years teaching and then three years as a, a dean, um, and then moved into public education, which was my first experience in public education at um, Dunlap High School. Uh, and I uh, was there for two years as an AP and then uh, accepted my first principalship uh, here at Huntley High School back in 2018. So um, I am just uh, probably 12 years in education altogether, 10 of those being administration, two of those been teaching. Um, and then received my doctorate in 2020 from National Lewis University. So uh, just, just an exciting time. Just, I said, education, let's just plow through. Right. So <laughs> went to school nonstop. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And, and, and again, what I know your, your career has spanned now well over a decade. What have you seen, uh, in terms of the changes out there in, uh, in education on the K-12 landscape? Um, uh, first of all, you know, not, not counting, the, uh, the, you know, the pandemic that we find ourselves in. But even before that, what, what, what was the, the trajectory that you saw K-12 education going in? And what was your takeaway from, uh, from your time in the classroom as a teacher? Uh, man, well, I, I guess I would speak from um, my time in the classroom. Um, if it was being in a charter school that focused on STEM education, it was technology, right? It was always like, what's the next biggest and, and, and greatest thing. And, you know, we were doing Project Lead the Way and we were bringing in VEX robotics and kids were, you know, building and programming robots. And, um, you know, in our classrooms, everybody at that point wanted a smart board and we got smart tablets or smart slates. So you can kind of write it on the slate as you were walking around the room. And that was like, that was great. That was awesome. Um, we then got some iPads and our school started going one-to-one -one with Chromebooks. And that was when Chromebooks first came on the scene. Uh, and now, you know, you, the trajectory was like, we're constantly growing, uh, and we're moving and we are finding those next things that are coming out and supporting education. But, uh, then when you throw a pandemic in there, you start to exacerbate the, the need for, uh, digital learning, uh, in schools and, uh, schools have completely taken off. And that it, if it wasn't for the pandemic, right. And I'm trying to, and we'll continue to look at the positive side of this, right. We already know what the negative is, but the positive side in education is that it has forced us to change the trajectory from uh, kind of this steady, uh, this arc or this, this plateau that we've hit and we, we 
immensely shot up in digital technology within schools. And um, that's really the avenue that a lot of people are trying to get in because people know what's possible. Uh, when we were forced to move kids back into their homes uh, and create learning environments that were not connected to the school building um, and be able to connect with them and move them forward in education, we were forced to uh, turn what we would normally have in the classroom into a digital environment, a digital learning environment that and I don't care if you have been a teacher for 30 years or one year, um, you know, it forced you to do something different than you were uh, accustomed to. Uh, and while people fought it, people got accustomed to it. And, you know, platforms like Zoom and Google Classroom and Google Meet uh, it has completely changed the way we do things. I mean, look at us now. We're, we're doing a podcast on Zoom that, you know, we don't have to be together, but we've been able to connect the world um, through through technology, absolutely, and it really did uh, in, in a uh, uh, a dramatic manner uh, take what would have been probably the evolution relative to technology integration and condense it down, expedite it uh, uh, in a significant way, uh, and it got a lot of people, as you mentioned, outside of their comfort zone, and a lot of people started to recognize you know the value added to integrating technology. It's not a replacement for teaching. Uh, it's just another avenue, uh, another platform that can be used to enhance the teaching and learning uh, process. Uh, you talk a lot about, uh, I, I've read some of your, 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 your writings and uh, uh, some of your speeches. You talk a lot about using technology to, to help promote equity and excellence. And I know that's a passion of yours. Could you kind of speak uh, to that as well? Because one of the things too, that, that as you know, that the pandemic did is it shed light on, on the digital divide. Uh, and, and and it didn't it didn't create it. Uh, it was there long before the pandemic. But but uh, we uh, as a society started to recognize that and and recognize the need to do something about that. Um, uh, but if you could talk a little bit about how technology can be used to promote equity and excellence. Yeah. So you know, every school has its own culture and climate, and and um, and there are different demographics that. Uh, um, that feed into those schools and you start to realize just the spectrum in which you have in your own building, let alone when you're looking at, you know, sh Chicago and what's going on in the city versus what's going on in the suburbs and being so close, you start to see like, it's easy for people to get resources in certain areas that are um, financially stable enough to do so or have the support of companies and organizations that, you know, want to support schools. Uh, Walden University, for example, supported a school during a pandemic by giving them resources because they were lacking and that they need that. Um, and so that digital divide was, uh, was definitely brought to light. Um, and it, it also prompted people who were able to provide support to schools, the ability to hop on and say, we want to help and support um, and try to close the gap as much as possible. I think the challenge that we face right now is that not only did it did the digital divide start to separate um, and 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 create this gap in schools and in the educational sector, uh, but it also on a social emotional level took a toll. Right, you you now start to see the haves and the have nots, and why can they get that type of education and we can't just because of where we live and. Um, you know, if we really take uh, some time to step back and, and understand what that does to students on a social emotional level um, and, and, and them being able to see that my education is greatly affected just based on where I live, um, just providing some opportunity for students to be able to grow, you know, and, and 
I've challenged, um, you know, our, like our business community, um, the chamber around us, they know like, hey, if you have some resources and support, like, hey, here's where we could use them in education. If Amazon were to adopt two schools, they can completely change their trajectory and not even affect the bottom line. Uh, the tollway in Illinois, if you take one toll booth for one day, you could take a school from being in, in the red to being completely in the black and change the kids' lives. Um, and just imagine what that would do to them uh, going into a learning environment in which they spend most of their waking hours and uh, the excitement that they bring. And they'll want to be there, uh, which can change uh, even the trajectory of our social emotional uh, well-being of our kids. So um, that equity as well is, is very key and important. Um, you know, you see schools that are just starting to, to come one to one and they're trying to figure out how do we get our school to at least uh, the base, the basic foundation or standard of, of digital learning. Um, and then you have schools who are well beyond that, that are getting very high end, high tech um, uh, pieces of equipment to educate their kids. Um, it's all about being mindful of, of what's around and understanding that every kid needs an education and there's schools in every single community. Uh, and how can those who are outside the educational world be able to support what's going on in? Absolutely. Uh, one of the, the uh, ingredients of what I've seen, at least from my perspective, in terms of those school districts that have been successful in navigating through the pandemic, uh, obviously, is a dedicated group of, of, of teachers, the staff, uh, you know, students that are willing, uh, you know, to to learn in different, uh, you know, types of uh, platforms, online, hybrid, you know, face to face and so on, and sort of pivot at a moment's notice. But also leadership plays a critical role. And I know leadership is, is near and to you. I know you have a, a podcast uh, entitled Unapologetic Leadership. And I know that, that uh, you know, throughout your career, uh, you know, leadership was something that you valued and you sought out those individuals that could serve as mentors and so on. And you, you, you benefited greatly from that. Um, uh, talk to me a little bit about how we can nurture that kind of leadership in students, because you can identify uh, at a very early age, those students that, that aspire to be leaders and who are already exhibiting leadership characteristics. What can we do uh, to, uh, to nurture that and grow, so to speak, the next generation of leaders? Um, I, I actually, it's, it's funny you say that because just a, a moment ago, I was uh, looking up just different leadership quotes. Uh, one of the, the biggest pushes here in my building uh, is that um, the challenges that schools are facing uh, with young people in, in schools right now is that they just don't know how to be. During the pandemic, I felt like there was a level of adolescence that didn't just grow over time. It was stifled until they got back to school. And so I have you know, first semester, seventh graders as freshmen and, you know, juniors that came in as freshmen that still act as freshmen, you know, and um, and one of the biggest things I've been, you know, trying to push to them uh, is letting them know I need leaders to emerge daily. Uh, it's easy to follow. It's challenging to lead. Um, but I've, I've also acted on this premise uh, and and Huge shout out to Greg Wigzorek, who's president of uh, NASSP, and he sparked a, um, uh, sparked a little nugget in me of, of understanding this concept of 720 days. And at a high school level, I have 720 days to, um, to educate our young people to become leaders, and that's their time from when they enter freshman year and they graduate as a senior. We have 720 days, 720 opportunities uh, to grow them. Uh, and, and being a leader, if you, if you choose to follow one day, 
um, that's one day less than, than what you can do to, uh, to lead a school community. And uh, when we have a number of, I got 3,000 kids, and if I had 3,000 leaders, imagine if we fostered that here and gave them leadership opportunities to help them find their voice and understand a lot about them. Just imagine 3,000 kids who are now, once they graduate Huntley High School in four years, they're out in the community. That's 3,000 more leaders that the world has um, in any capacity and whatever they choose to go into, whether it be the workforce or college or um, uh, a university or uh, into our armed services. You know, again, if we can foster it here in the school uh, and support even the, the educators that are uh, encountering these young people every day, um, you know, it, the, the opportunities that exist, um, letting kids know and letting teachers know what's available for students to be able to latch on to and say, I can do this. Uh, and helping them get there. So it's all about being a bridge. Um, our youth are, are going to be our leaders of tomorrow. They're going to be making decisions for us when we can't make them for ourselves. So if we don't start watering those seeds right now, then when they leave from me, I, I have no control over that. I have control for 720 days. And that's a great way to look at that. I, I've never heard of that, but uh, but you're right. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for for teachers, for uh, school administrators, and it's an opportunity for the students as well um, uh, to to um, uh, to demonstrate that leadership. the The other thing that I see in in, in the background there, you've got uh, I've got a poster there uh, of of two words, uh, two small words that I've read uh, that you talk about that have an impactful meaning, um, uh, and and they are you man. Matter. Could you could you expound on 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 that uh, for a little bit here? Yeah. So when I, I came into Huntley um, and, you know, first year as a principal, nobody gives you a folder and says, hey, here's how you be principal. And so I spent my first year trying to walk around the building and connect and develop relationships with staff and with students uh, and just be me since I didn't know how to do or really what I was doing at that point. I said, OK, I'm going to just, you know, use my my intuition and make decisions for, for school and, um, and challenge uh, my staff to just connect with kids. Uh, and then the pandemic uh, hit just a little time after, I would say 18 months into my principalship, the pandemic hit and um, kids were so disconnected from school. Like uh, you would log on to a Zoom and just see foreheads and ceiling fans. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, you couldn't tell on the other side of that screen if a child was crying or if they just, got into it with a, a sibling or if they were sleeping or if they just didn't have a good night, you know, just, you just didn't know what they were going through. Um, uh, and when kids would walk in this building, you were able to see them, you were able to see their face and say, okay, Hey, they're struggling. I need to get them to a counselor or a social worker. Um, and we weren't able to do that. And so the premise of you matter, uh, you know, I always tell people there's two words, but two impactful words that have such a great meaning uh, because I need to know that, that our kids, that we love them and that we care for them. Uh, and, you know, outside in, in the hallway of my building, there's a large uh, mural on the wall that says you matter. And it has a, a bunch of different uh, sentences and um, that, that explain to them why they matter, understanding that they are beautiful, understanding that they are an individual, understanding that they do have a place in this world. And they just, you know, we need to help them find it. And if we can get our kids connected and we can let them know that we love and we care about them every single day, um, then they start to develop those deep relationships where we can uh, have make them jump through uh, the hoops necessary to help them be successful. So that's that's the goal. Outstanding. 
The other thing I wanted to uh, talk with you about for just a moment, I know you just in your in your role as president of the Illinois Principals Association, you just had a, a meeting, a conference uh, uh, last month. Uh, and, and again, the the K-12 landscape is it's always been dynamic, but it's it's been uh, <laughs> we've seen more so, uh, you know, just the uh, uh, the fluidity, if you will, of of what's going on in uh, in K twelve schools, particularly during the pandemic. What were some of the uh, uh, the major topics or takeaways from uh, from your conference, from your meeting last month, when you 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 came together, um, and uh, what was what was it that you were hearing from other leaders, uh, uh, principals across uh, the state as well? Um, you know, we this was probably the the we had about uh, close to eight hundred uh, school leaders uh, from across the state of Illinois. Um, you know, and as as president, I have the ability to uh, kind of move uh, about the conference. I did a whole year of planning with the IPA team, and uh, even we were very strategic in selecting the uh, presenters for our, even our small group sessions and making sure that there was some social emotional, not just what can we do for our kids. And, you know, when you go to a conference, you get rejuvenated. And you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to take this and I'm going to go back and I'm going to do this. And some of what we were intentional about doing is making sure that the school leaders were there. We were maximizing the opportunity for us to be able to pour in and connect with school leaders to rejuvenate them. Because if they go back to their school, burn out, <laughs> we didn't do anything that was successful at that conference. Um, and so the message really being and recognizing that it's okay not to be okay. It's okay that our school buildings and the kids in our buildings are absolutely crazy right now because we're going to come out of this. Uh, and, you know, when we walked in there, it was like, man, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's always a light. It's just how, how tiny is that pixel of, of, that we can continually, uh, continually grow. Um, and so a lot of the topics uh, centered around leadership is centered around equity and diversity and helping um, uh, helping school leaders figure out ways to be able to see their kids in the building. When I say see their kids, that's seeing them in the curriculum, that's seeing them in the activities and sports and clubs that they're in, and that's seeing them be a part and being engaged in the school community um, and, and looking at the child holistically. Uh, but then also, again, like I said, as school leaders, it's what can you do to provide those outlets so you can be the most impactful leader uh, and leaving a legacy, uh, you know, where, wherever you may be. So that was, that was really the biggest push. We had a ton of uh, lawmakers who stopped in on our first day on Monday because veto session was going on in Springfield and Peoria being in central Illinois, you hop right past Peoria, uh, head on down to Springfield. They made a stop and made a concerted effort to connect with uh, educators and really hear the stories of what was going on um, so that when they actually do go and make those decisions for our state, they have real life uh, understanding uh, and can hear firsthand exactly what's going on in our schools and how they can support us in the work that we're doing, because uh, it's not easy. Uh, so we recognize that, called that to uh, the table, uh, and, and school leaders left there feeling very empowered about uh, what they are able to do and the amount of control and power that they have over their buildings uh, and their leadership. That was stunning. Sounds like it was just the right time for the for the event as well uh, as you get started here. Uh, again, our, our time goes by so quickly, but I want to uh, offer you an opportunity, Dr. Bielan, to add anything perhaps that we haven't talked about that you want to share with uh, with our listeners before we uh, we sign off here. 
Yeah. Um, you know, education is, is not what it looked like um, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Uh, and, and we, a lot of people imagine what school should look like, right? Kids going in and sitting at desk and connecting here and there. And, um, but it's much more than that. It's, it's, it's the ability for kids to come in and be exposed to the world outside of the four walls of a school building. Um, and how can we leverage every opportunity? Everyone has an opportunity to be able to pour in and connect with a school, um, whether it be in the community, whether it be other educational agencies, um, um, uh, and just finding support. Uh, you know, one of the biggest uh, statistics, and, and this goes to show just for our social emotional um, uh, challenges that we have faced in schools here uh, in, in McHenry County, it was a statistic back in August. I'd be interested to see where we are a couple months later, but um, it, it, it took uh, uh, about a month and a half for a, a young person who is struggling and having challenges, you know, mentally to be able to get in to see a doctor, someone who can help them work through their crisis. Mm. A month and a half is 46.66 days. 1,095 hours, 65,750 minutes. Imagine if a 911 call were to take 65,750 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, right? Yet our kids are walking in every day needing a teacher, needing an educator. And so when we need our communities to come together, it's now. It's that important time where we just need to wrap our arms around our faculty and our staff and, and all of our schools across the nation and say, hey, we're here to help and support because our teachers are expected to be everything and all things to young people. And they need to be poured into and know that they're supported so that we can help get out of this. And that little, little pellet of light at the end of the tunnel can become a big beacon uh, that we all aspire to head to real soon to get out of this pandemic. So that's all I got. Absolutely. Well, again, very powerful and timely message. Uh, thank you again, Dr. Bielan, for, for uh, joining us here today. And, and thank you, listeners, for uh, uh, coming into uh, our uh, episode here of Future Insight. And until next time, uh, stay well and take care.